The live opinions, descriptions, and accounts expressed on the Best of Times Radio Hour are those of the hosts and the guests of this show, and not necessarily those of Town Square Media or this station. Consult with your attorney, accountant, or other professional for final advice in making your decision. The Best of Times, live from 710 Keel Studios in Shreveport, Louisiana. Celebrating age and maturity. Helping you make the best years of your life the best they can be. The best of times. Your host, Gary Caligas. Good morning, listeners. I'm Gary Caligas, the publisher of The Best of Times, the only news magazine for mature adults in northwest Louisiana. Thank you for tuning in to our show today and also thanking those listening via the Internet at www.710keel.com. Also thanking those who might be listening via the Radio Pup application on their Apple and Android. Devices. In just a few minutes, we'll learn about caregiver tips and suggestions from a leading expert. So stay tuned to the show for some very interesting and beneficial information that can help you or your loved ones. It is Saturday, May the 14th, and we are broadcasting our radio show from the studios of News Radio 710 Keel, a Town Square media station here in Shreveport, Louisiana. However, today's show has been pre-recorded, so we will be unable to accept calling questions and comments from our loyal radio listeners. Be sure to pick up the May issue, the best of times, at one of our 522 distribution locations. If you're unable to find a copy, remember, you can visit our website at www.thebestoftimesnews.com. News.com to view current and past issues of our magazine. Today is May 14th, and the National Association of Letter Carriers will conduct its 24th annual Stamp Out Hunger Food Drive. Letter carriers will be collecting non-perishable food donations throughout today today as they deliver mail along their postal routes. To participate, leave your donations of non-perishable items uh, at before the time of your regular delivery, just today, Saturday, May the 14th. Food items collected for us in the, this area will be donated to the Food Bank of Northwest Louisiana. Again, thank you for your participation. Remember to visit our website at www.thebestoftimesnews.com for listing of announcements made during today's radio show, as well as information about upcoming events, activities, and news that you can use. We'll be right back with more information, but now a word from our sponsors and advertisers who make this radio show possible. You're listening to the Best of Times Radio Hour here on News Radio 710 Keel, proudly presented by Abers, Sunny Country of Shreveport, your Dodge, Chrysler, Ram, and Jeep dealer. Gary's got more of the best of times coming for you on 710 Kiel. Now, back to the best of times with your host, Gary Coligas. Welcome back to our show, the best of times radio hour, proudly presented by Abers, down in country of Shreveport, your Dodge, Chrysler Ram, and Jeep dealer. I'm Gary Coligas. I do thank you for listening to our show today and also thanking those who might be listening via the internet at www.710keel.com. Joining me on my show today is a very special guest, is Mr. Odell Linder Glenn, who is the an author, or an ordained minister, lecturer, and caregiver, to discuss his book, Caregiving, the Inspiration Manual, with over 200 caregiver tips with healthy lifestyle benefits. So thank you, Odell, for joining us today here on the Best of Times Radio Hour. 
Yes, good afternoon or good morning to those in various time zones, Gary. I'm honored to be on the show this morning. Well, well, uh, Mr. Glenn, I, I have read your book a couple of times, and I will encourage all of my listeners out there to definitely pick up a copy. He he describes caregiver caregiving tips in a most unusual way. I, I would say I've, I've read many caregiver books and caregiver inspirational books to help individuals care for their loved ones, their, their parents, grandparents, uncles, aunts, etc. But you've done it in a little bit different manner, and I'm, I'm very impressed the way you, you, you get this in various categories. It's not just a list from 1 to 200. You, you, uh, you do a great job in that. Thank you, Gary. I try to live what I write, what I preach, or you know, pretty much I live this life every day, nine years and counting. And when you do something nine years, it becomes right. a career, a caregiving career. <laughs> so why should families with adult children, what should they do to prepare before their, their parents become infirm or ill to possibly, you know, prepare for that caregiving row that some of us have already been through? But it, we, were, we were trying to help those listeners out there who might be soon to become caregivers. Yes, Gary, it's a hard thing because we don't ever want to think that any of us will ever get sick or ever need care like that. But the truth and the reality of it is that people are living longer and um, the baby boomers are really living longer as well. So parents need to have a long sit-down, hard talk with children or anyone who they feel will be the best guardian over them in case they get sick or have Alzheimer's or any type of disease that has no cure. Um, planning, you know, talking long-term care insurance, um, getting that early so that it's not a major cost as we age. These are some of the things that parents need to instill early on. And if the person is an only child, that person would also have to, wouldn't have a choice in the matter. So planning early to find out what options are available, what resources are available, what financial um, obligations they would have to give up or, or cater to, and where they should go and find help. These are some of the things. And this should be standard family practice. Again, this is not taught in college. This is on-the-job, real-world learning experience, but it's very critical as we age. Well, and, and the other, uh, you brought up a couple of points I want to caution my listeners. It, it is especially difficult for, as you were saying, those adult children who are a child or are, are a single child. For example, myself. I'm an only child and had my father passed away some 30-something years ago, and I ended up having to care for my mother, who, by the way, passed away last year, but lived a great life. But I was her primary caregiver, and there was no other one, no other person and all the relatives in the area other than my wife uh, and I who who were the caregiver to, to my mother. And it's a little bit different than having other siblings that you could share the responsibility. Yes. The first person that I gave this book to was two um, relatives in my family. They're only children. And, um, yeah, it is something that you have to consider, you know, um, 
you know, there are some trade-offs as well. You know, if you're a primary caregiver, it's a lot of work. So marriage may not be in the question, depending on how, how serious the disease is. So you have to ask yourself, does my partner, does my loved one, can they work with me in this? Because you're giving up a lot of time. It's a 24-hour, as I mentioned in my book, this is a 24-hour, seven-day-a-week job. There are no breaks. And um, so it's a lot of trade-offs. Your career could be in jeopardy as well. Can you actually work um, a full-time job and do a caregiving? You know, so as an only child, yes, you have a lot of dilemmas. You need to plan and, and have some options very early, you know. And um, that's what my book is, 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 is pushing, is to say, caregivers, these are some guidelines that, you know, you can follow to plan early. And then these are some things that you can also do so that you can integrate caregiving in my life. And that's what I was able to do, integrate caregiving into my life, um, doing it pretty much by myself, but getting a doctorate, being ordained, and being an author. So I didn't kind you of are, You my are life. definitely a multi, multi-talented and fascinated person. You, uh, you remind me of several individuals that I know that you don't know what, it, what you want to do until you grow up, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I, I was yeah. fascinating. You have an engineering degree. Yeah, I was working as an engineering professor before I decided to embark on um, caregiving and you know, I had to kind of put things on hold, but I am finishing up my doctorate. And what I've been able to do, which takes these two worlds and try to integrate them so that I'm continuing on my, my, my path and my destiny, but doing caregiving at the same time. So it was, it's not an easy thing to do, but I'm using myself as an example to let others know that. And it can be done. It's maybe a little yeah. frustrating at times, but here, here is a a situation where you know you you're obtaining your degree while while uh, while doing the caregiving duties for your for your loved ones as well. Um, but let's go back to to one aspect you mentioned. So the important thing, and I think I what I've been reading through most of your book and your caregiver tips is to protect them from getting burned out and that's that's the more serious thing the caregivers getting burned out getting ill getting requiring constant need of health care etc is that right yes um, you hear statistics and you hear stories all the time where the caregiver passes away before the person that they care for and those are true because you can get emotionally stressed, you can get physically stressed, your income has an all-time low. I mean, it can happen, but this what the book is portraying. This book is for caregivers. And, you know, there's no government programs for caregivers, and very little research is done on the caregiver. It's always on the care recipient. Nowadays, people are looking into the family care now integrating that caregiver in, into the system of the care recipient, which I think is great, but it's really at its early stage. So I wrote my book based, talk, basically talking to the caregiver, saying, hey, life is, it is what it is at the end of the day, but you have to make the choice to know how far to go with it and how far not to allow your health to become in jeopardy. 
one tip, and I just want to read it, tip one number 190. The moment we decide to give up on our dreams is the moment we die while we yet live. I don't care how young or how old of a caregiver you are. Never give up on traveling to the places you want to visit, the degrees you want to obtain, the location you want to live, and the desires of your heart. Run towards them instead of running away from them. It is better to be an optimist who gets disappointed than a pessimist who has no hope. So that is speaking to the heart of a caregiver. You, you're, you're doing an awesome job. Hugs from me to you. But don't let yourself go. Don't let yourself die before it's time. And, and that's great advice. And, and the other aspect is, and you, you mentioned it in many of, of your tips here, that you can utilize other resources to help have that respite and that time to uh, recuperate to not get burned out, right? Enjoy yes. those pleasures. Go Take that travel. Take that respite one few-day trip to, to New York or, or Miami Beach or wherever you wanted to go, but you just didn't want to leave your loved one, your mother, your father, your aunt or uncle, or, or, or the, those, that person that you're providing those caregiver duties to. Yes, and so many caregivers um, become very guilty when they want to go away, when they want that time to re-energize themselves. And I tell them in the book, don't feel guilty. Pat yourself on the back. You have to do those things in order to be to give. You can't give what you don't have. So you need that respite time. And there are respite um, centers all across the country in each area where you can go and they relieve you. They do cost money at times, but you, you have to take advantage of them. Even if you have to, you know, for myself, I'm very open. I'm active in my church, in my local community. I'm on a nonprofit organization, so I'm always looking for resources out there that would help. And if you look, you will find um, it's not many out there, but you will find ways in which you can relieve and and go out for a jog. Sometimes it's just going to the beach or going um, to a museum just to get that time so you can get strength and find yourself again. You can get, you can actually lose yourself if you're doing this full time, seven days a week, 24 hours a day. But you have to find yourself through things that you like to do, so that you won't die out, you won't burn out. You know, okay. and that is extremely important. And to all the caregivers out there, please take my advice. I'm, this is someone who's been doing this for nine years and counting. So you've been caring with for your parents, or uh, I forgot I forgot who it was that you were caring for. You're still caring for. Yeah, it's basically both of them. My mom and dad. They're both in their 80s, and um, fortunately, my dad has Alzheimer's, and my mom has a little dementia. So you know, it's one of those things where it has been a lot on one person's plate. But I've been able to do that for nine years. Well, um, let me ask you, how did you come up with these tips? Did you, just like, when you had a particular real, uh, aspect that you implemented, did you, like, write down number nine? Well, as time went on, I will never forget it. It was Christmas 2014, and it was about the seventh year of caregiving. And, you know, normally holidays, you're around... Sometimes your family and and other people, and you just kind of sit back and look at yourself and observe and say, "Wow, I've come a long ways doing this." 
And I just began to write these tips down, you know, because I'm an encourager. I like to encourage people and to share my story to encourage others. And I just became motivated just to write tips on how to become a, a, the most optimal caregiver. And then that became a book. So it just came out from within. And I found it to be very therapeutic as I began to write. It helped me writing these um, and in turn, I'm sure it's helping a lot of other people. So it wasn't really something planned. It was just basically something that said, hey, seven years and you're doing all this and you're not burned out and you're relatively healthy. Why don't I use my experience to help someone else along their journey? Well, so far, it's it's a wonderful book for caregivers and caregivers to be but the other I want to do, give you some kudos your tips are not dissertations if they give they're right to the point they're not lengthy they're they're they're, they're mind boggling and you do remember them rather than having go on for 50 to 100 pages but we will be right back with more information but now a word from our sponsors and advertisers who make this radio show possible you're listening to the best of times radio hour here on news radio 710 keel proudly presented by a bears the country of shreveport your dodge chrysler ram and jeep d gary's got more of the best of times coming for you on 710 keel now, back to the best of times with your host, Gary Coligas. Welcome back to our show, the best of times radio hour, proudly presented by Abares, Tunning Country of Shreveport, your Dodge, Chrysler, Ram, and Jeep dealer. I'm Gary Coligas. I do thank you for listening to our show today. Joining me on my show is Mr. Odell Linder Glenn, who is an author, ordained minister, lecturer, and caregiver to discuss his book, Caregiving the Inspirational Manual, with over 200 caregiver tips with healthy lifestyle benefits. So thank you, Odell, for joining us today here on the Best of Times Radio Hour. Great, Gary. It's great to be here. So what is your advice to others who may not be, there may be that single caregiver taking care of their parents, but that person who's the caregiver wants to continue their career but also continue doing their caregiving? What, what advice would you give that individual? Yeah, Gary, I can so relate to that, and I'm just going to give a personal um, story. I was basically offered a lot of um, packages across the country to do a PhD, and then I was actually, at that same time, offered to pastor a church. So I was at the height of my career when I embarked on caregiving. Um, I rejected all those offers at the moment, but I kept eyes on them. I didn't want to leave or just give up hope on them. So I integrated caregiving, and of course, in my situation, that consisted of relocation with my loved ones from the north to the south. Um, and then as I began to do the caregiving, I said, hey, I, I feel like I can finish up my doctorate degree, and then do some amazing things in ministry. So what I would advise people to do is never, ever give up on the things that you want to do. Find ways to integrate caregiving into that. You know, here in the South, they're very open to um you know, adults and, and, and people and older people. So 
my advisor, he understood my situation. I mean, as long as I got the research done, he was able to work with me to um, caregive at the same time. So that did consist of me coming in really late at night in the labs, as well as on Saturday and Sunday sometimes to get the, the research done. But lo and behold, I was able to do that. So it, it will be difficult. Now, you may find careers that will not allow you. You have to be from a nine to five. But it doesn't hurt to ask or to um, integrate that. That's the important into, thing. Yes, yes. Some people fail to ask. They assume, which has right, become exactly. a difficult word. It's it, exactly. And, and exactly. Most employers, most bosses are understanding if there is a need for that individual to care for their their loved one, their their parents. Right. Or, right. But and that you, also goes for a child too, a sick child or a child who has a terminal disease as well. So caregiving can go, you can be a caregiver at any age and any time that is true. in your life. So. Being a former boss of many ladies in a home health care arena, uh, I learned that being that compassionate and letting those individual ladies get off for a sick child proved more productive than keeping them uh, there and, and calling and being so nervous about their, their child being taken care of by a, a, a babysitter or a, a relative that doesn't understand the situation. So it right. makes more for productivity. It does. And there were times when I actually bring my mother into the college to sit and do some reading while I'm at work. So it can, it can work, but you have to make it work. And in my church, um, being an ordained minister, the pastor and all the people in the congregants, they also help me out here and there. You know, so it has worked. You can make it happen. You don't have to be a couch potato um, and sit and get overweight and depressed. Caregivers, you can you can continue on with your life and your dreams and make them happen. You become an author like me. <laughs> Roll. <laughs> and, and well, I am an author in so in so many words. Plus, I got to tell you a sideline. My some of our listeners know this. I've had a lot of career paths, and one of the career paths is I am an electrical engineer by schooling oh, and by profession uh, for many years, but changed into healthcare and then changed into uh, publishing and then oh, changed okay. into. Um, into radio show, talk show host for like 14 years. So you never know what you want to be when you grow up for your passion, man. The good Lord works in mysterious ways, and I have seen that, but I still use my engineering. So uh, you don't, you don't, you never give up those particular engineering techniques. No wonder we click so well. Oh. <laughs> The, the other thing that I think we click, and, and you mentioned in this book, but I, you know, I've never, I will say this, I have never seen a person that mentioned this in the book about male caregivers. Because very few people assume, and I, when I go out and, and, and I, Talk to individuals. Oh, my, you know, my 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 daughter's taking care of me. My niece is taking care of me. It's always. It seems like to me, it's always the women. But there are more men, right, that are becoming yeah. caregivers. There are more and more. The statistics are showing that that number is growing. Also, families depend on the males for a lot of emotions, emotional support, as well as you know. I can't do this, and they look to the male. And in my case, I've already preached three family funerals, um, and my sister, who recently eulogized and then took on the role of caregiver. So the male is 
and in certain cases is the sometimes the strong person of the family that if you're not strong enough, everyone looks towards the males to be the sustainer, you know. And that role is, is changing. So I encourage all my male caregivers, don't be afraid to cry. You may find yourself <laughs> in various secrets, find a bra for mom, and you and dad may be getting your nails and your feet done as well. The, the, that's the job of a caregiver. You have to sustain and you have to be in the journey for the long haul. And um, you have to integrate that and make sure your spouse or your your significant other understands that and can integrate that. You know, I plan to just hold off on being married until you know, at least after my doctorate. But it is a difficult thing to date and to do all these other things. But but you know, I it is but I cried a little bit myself when I when I saw in one of your one of your comments about the male caregiver having to do those things for your for your mother that right. um, you if you had a wife she helps but sometimes I still had to go out and buy the clothes and buy right. the intimate items and yes it, it it was a little challenging and right. uh, you had to give a lot of rationale and reasons for for doing that but I but I but I I felt good and after you done it once it's it's easy thing after that but uh, yeah. toward toward the the latter part latter years i had to do a lot of her shopping a lot of her clothing shopping and etc even though you know she was living living at home by herself so so what do you want caregivers to learn from this book what's the key item i want caregivers to take a self evaluation of your life and of themselves and say yes. Give yourself a first of all. Give yourself a pat on the back um, for an awesome job that you're doing daily. And then look at your life future. Make sure you plan to the best of your ability, such as long-term care insurance and and um, other things that may be out there that could benefit you. But also. Don't look at yourself as this as the end all. Like my life will never be amount to anything other than this. I'm stuck in a rut. There's no cure for my disease. I'm depressed. Make sure you have looked at yourself and looked at all the options that are available around you, such as going to group sessions, such as maybe taking a class or two online to further your skills. Um, such as joining a nonprofit in your organization Great and being a leader or president of that to relieve you of the stress at home and also to look out for programs that you may not know of that may exist right in your backyard. So these are the things I want caregivers to do. So integrate caregiving as a function of other variables in their life. Of course, that's an engineering term. I mean, that's right. <laughs> That that is that is that is a, a very good idea. But you you mentioned in your book in so many words or less and some of these tips is caring for a family member with dementia or memory memory problems is a little more difficult than somebody with physical limitations or cancer or some specific illness. Isn't that true? Yeah. Unfortunately, Gary, it is, and I'm praying that there becomes a cure for this horrible disease um, by the year 2020 or 2026, 2026, yes, caring for someone who has dementia or Alzheimer's, 
you lose communication with them. You really can't communicate because they're always forgetting. You know, unlike cancer or any other type of disease, there is some cure, there's some treatment, um, and they're cognitive. When you're dealing with Alzheimer's, it's, you could be repeating, they could be repeating the same thing, and then your communication skills with them becomes at some point non-existent. So, you know, you do all you can, however, you're really stuck in a rut, you know. So it becomes, you know, a loss of communication, loss of words. You give them affection and do the best you can to communicate with them, but, you know, it can become a really lonely um, world that you live in. So unlike other diseases, Parkinson's disease is another disease that's really, um, really dreadful. These diseases with no cure, you just pray, but um, you and pray and believe. Well, but it's a really hard thing with some to care for someone with like um, cognitive issues than someone who has physical issues. True, and that's where I thought you you emphasize in many of your tips throughout throughout your the two hundred tips regarding the that particular aspect. I, but again, it. What I'm going to mention again that the the tips are very succinct and they're very didactic in a way that I think uh, I learned some new ones that I've never heard of before. So it's like fascinating. You know, I never thought about making sure that your loved one, though it's not their priority as they age, to recognize holidays. I mean, you, and in, in advance, in preparation, and doing little small things to, to remind them. I, I, I didn't do that probably as much as I should have done for my mother. Uh, but, you know, some of the major holidays, of course. But some of the other ones would probably put more cheer and, and more positive feeling with that individual. Is that right? Yes, you have to keep them cognizant of Valentine's Day, of Christmas, Thanksgiving. You know, whenever we were invited out to those holidays, they actually enjoyed being around other people. You know, when you become sick like that, sometimes people don't call and people don't visit, you know, but they like being around other people, and that makes you feel better as well as them to know that others are actually seeing them in their light. And, and in certain cases, they do remember a lot of the past. They remember the past more than they remember the present. So that's why being around family and being around people is, is very great for them because they love the energy, you know. So I always kept them involved in holidays and, and, and make sure they dressed up for the occasion, you know. For outings that I went to, they were always with me, you know, and people really love them, and they're really a great couple because they've been married for 63 years, wow. and they're a sweet couple, you know, but, you know, it's, it's, three years. if I'm isolated in a house or isolated, you know, you have to keep them around people, and with my active life, they're with me, you know. <laughs> We'll be right back with more information. But now a word from our sponsors and advertisers who make this radio show possible. You're listening to the Best of Times Radio Hour here on News Radio 710 Keel, proudly presented by A Bears Tenant Country of Shreveport, your Dodge, Chrysler, Ram, and Jeep. Gary's got more of the Best of Times coming for you on 710 Keel. Now, back. 
back to the best of times with your host, Gary Coligas. Welcome back to our show, The Best of Times Radio Hour, proudly presented by A Bears, tenant country of Shreveport, your Dodge, Chrysler, Ram, and Jeep dealer. I'm Gary Coligas. I do thank you for listening to our show today. Joining me on my show as a special guest is Mr. Odell Linder Glenn, who is an author, ordained minister, lecturer, engineer, and caregiver of his parents, and he's discussing his new book called Caregiving, the Inspiration Manual, with over 200 caregiver tips with healthy lifestyle benefits. So thank you, Mr. Glenn, for joining us today here on the Best of Times Radio Hour. It's great to be on the show, Gary. We could talk about this particular topic for hours and hours, and I have before, but I, I, again, want to compliment you about condensing this particular topic and listing various tips from tip 58 until 75, which you call the chapter housekeeping. So these, that particular section, everyone, deals with those things you need to get in order, those legal documents. So what do you emphasize in this particular section yes when you're caring for someone at home you have to make sure that you have the optimal coverage in your house you know is your home covered if an earthquake or major flood occurs can i afford the cost of rebuilding or repairing my home if it is damaged during an earthquake or a flood what would it cost to replace my personal belongings how would i pay for temporary housing of damage from an earthquake or flood makes it uninhabitable. While you're caring for loved ones, one has to seriously consider all of these consequences because it's not like you're by yourself or you're all young and single and, you know, you can kind of move. You have ramps in your house. You have bathrooms. To, um, um, you actually have canes and walkers. And to get them in and out of that house, you, you should get these... Um, Insurances, whether there's earthquake regions or not, just for and just for safety purposes. So you have to kind of think um, outside the box when you're caring for loved ones who may be sick, you know. And then the power of attorney and the representative payee—they're two separate things, you know. The they are. And I try to emphasize that with lawyers on my show as well as others. But still, yeah. again, sometimes I, I get the the. the the aspect from the the loved one as well as the caregiver. I don't need that. They they know that I'm the daughter of X Y Z, and and so you know when I go to the hospital, go to the doctor, go to the bank, they know me. And I said, well, exactly. That's not exactly. as good in most in most areas, right? Yes, exactly. And like I said, the representative pay is honored by the Social Security office. It's not. They don't. They don't recognize the power of attorney. So if you don't know what that is, you need to really do your homework on those two. You know, else you'll be standing in line and on the phone for long periods of time. So the book just makes it plain what you need to get, a will. And then a health power of attorney is different than a regular power of attorney, you know. So you have to know these things. This is not something that's taught in a college. This is real-life experience. But I've but I made it available to everyone. Well, let me, let, let me just paraphrase your tip number 58, which I want to encourage my listeners to listen to this. He says, make sure there is a will in place. If not, get one ASAP. Make sure that the will is registered in your state. Lawyers will not make wills if the loved one is not cognitive, cognitive enough to understand and that's the critical scenario right yes 
thank God my parents were kind of, we, we, we did it before their disease went that direction. But there are some people who leave and they don't have a will and then they want to make the will while they're impaired and it's too late. So you need to get this done if you haven't done so already today. Well, and the other aspect on number 64 you mentioned, which I highly recommend people, the family, as well as others, to, to understand the wishes of the loved ones about do not resuscitate. And that is a serious light, uh, serious aspect of decision-making that needs to be done. Um, yes, I pray that never happens or falls on any caregiver out there. But if they haven't told you that if certain ha- things happen, DNR, then you have to make that dreadful decision by yourself, and that's not an easy thing to do. So um, make sure all these things are talked about early. You know, I know it's a hard thing to talk about, but everyone needs someone that's accountable of their future. And, you know, because if it's not, you could be suffering consequences and then you're an emotional person with caregiving at the same time and have to make the DNR decision. You don't want to do that. Do that early. And and the other, you, you have so many great tips for housekeeping, you call it. Uh, one of them, which I've tried to emphasize to people, and they said, well, it's going to be, it's going to be handled. That, that is the feudal arrangements. Uh, oh, yes. And pre-planning and discussing it with a loved one is not a morbid thing to discuss with. You're being an ordained minister. You, you can relate to that, right? I can relate to that very, very um, a lot. You really need to know what they want in the funeral, um, how they want it done. And if they don't have an idea, then you're left making all the plans. You know, in my case, unfortunately, I have to minister the funeral, you know, if that, if, when the time ever comes. So I have everything all laid out so that there's no misconceptions and there's no um, drama occurring around that. Good point, drama. And I'm okay. going to be giving them a home going, but, you know, it's, it's going to be one of those things where, it takes a lot of emotion and stress off me knowing that that's already done, you know. And I've seen cases where people come in and no one's planned anything. They're all emotional and it just becomes, it becomes really hectic. And, and Odell, you can also mention that you've probably seen this being a minister, that sometimes the family members after the loved one is deceased, tend to get stressful but argumentative about what mom or what dad really wanted and that they all the, all the siblings will discuss amongst themselves and can't come up with a, uh, a consensus yes i've been in church since i was 10 years old so i've seen everything from a to z you know my brother and sister we've already sat down and talked they know where everything is and you know, it's going to go, it's going to be a calm going. So we already discussed that. So I encourage family members to get together to say this is this, this is that, and, and, and put it out all on the line. You know, so that there is no mess like that occurring. Because as a caregiver, you don't need that. You've been with that, been with them all these years, and you just don't need the added stress. So caregivers out there, make sure. Everything is laid out from A to Z, all the P 
people know who, what they left or whatever and make sure that happens efficiently and smoothly as it should be. Being a former home health care administrator and a private duty administrator for, for many years, I love it in your book that you really emphasize the fact that if you need caregiving support, uh, using a licensed and bonded agency is very critical. And uh, the other aspect, and I, I'm going to paraphrase, it's tip 71, is private caregivers, more individuals out there. I just had one yesterday telling me that uh, they hired a private caregiver who ended up hurting her back and hurting the the parent that <laughs> they were taking care of. So we have two people that are now suffering because of lack of experience and uh, supposedly lack of, um, they didn't want to spend about five more dollars an hour, but hired a private caregiver who did not know what she was doing. Yes, you've got to be very careful about that. Even though licensed and bonded agencies cost a little bit more than someone private, you're paying for your insurance, you're paying right. for security. Um, and I do understand the financial stress that you are under caregivers. But when you look at the whole scenario, you're going to be paying more for the long run if you hire a higher private caregiver than if you hire someone who's licensed and bonded. And you really have to really pray on that before you just decide because, as you just mentioned that case, I didn't have to go through that, but I that was my only fear of hiring any um, private person. Well, yeah. and individuals out there are probably thinking, well, Gary, how am I going to get that respite from caregiving duties from my mother if I don't hire somebody privately? Well, you know, that, that's what yeah. probably their question is going to come up to. to right, us. and basically that's the trade-off. You have to kind of look at the long end of the road, you know. And, and if it's just one or two hours just of sitting and talking without a lot of moving, then that may work. But if you have to transport the person and you guys are in a car and in an accident, you're talking um, some serious consequences. And, so, more, and more interaction and more possibility for something to possibly not, not occur, right? Plus, they probably did not get the right proper training and lifting and, and transporting. So, so what exactly. we're, we're emphasizing, we have a lot of wonderful private caregivers out there that... Uh, that do love to to be paid privately to take care of a loved one, but make sure that uh, those individuals uh, know what they're doing. Again, thank you for joining us today. Your your caregiving book is excellent. They can log on to our website at www.ourlisteners.www.thebestoftimesnews.com. Uh, it is on our store category. It can be ordered. Um, again, your book is fascinating. It is called, of course, Caregiving the inspirational manual over 200 caregiver tips with healthy lifestyle benefits i thank you today we well, i love to be able to talk about all 200 of these it would probably take us uh, three days of of radio show time to do that but uh, but the, the snippet the little summaries that you gave us uh that, and if you are a soon-to-be caregiver or even a caregiver now this is a great book to help you in planning and continuing your caregiving duties for your loved ones and those that you're caring for. Thank you again. Go ahead. Yeah, I'm, I'm also, I just want to tell the radio, I'm also available to come out to your small groups and to your city to talk.
talk about these things. These things need to be talked. And you can also just go to my website and email me at www.ogcaregiving.com and um, send me an email, and I'm willing to come out and talk. As That's well. OG Caregiving. Yes. Dot com. Well, thank you for that particular offer. Again, best wishes to you, and thank you for help educating me and my many listeners in the area. Awesome. I had an awesome time. Thank you, Gary. Thank you. We'll be right back with more information, but now a word from our sponsors and advertisers who make this radio show possible. You're listening to the Best of Times Radio Hour here on News Radio 710 Keel, proudly presented by A-Bears, Tunning Country of Shreveport, your Dodge, Chrysler, Ram, and Indy. Gary's got more of the best of times coming for you on 710 Keel.